There's no place like the Cube. Family. It's your favorite queer radio personality, Anna Deshawn, and this is Queer News, your favorite weekly news pod where race and sexuality meet politics, culture, and entertainment. I hope y'all had a really lovely Halloween. Y'all, it was freezing here in Chicago. Okay, the snow had just fallen and the kids were still out. (laughs) And it was so nice to see the families enjoying the festivities. You know, COVID really put a halt to all of that. Ain't nobody getting no candy for the last few years. But it was nice seeing homes decorated and families outside. It was just really, really nice to see, you know? And I have truly enjoyed this trend on social media where people do it big. Okay, they do it big. Go big, go home. And the Brett and Judy costumes I saw were so on point. Some even including the new baby. Lil Nas X is Lil Richard with three different looks, okay? And then the collection of Queen Latifah as Cleo from Set It Off. I mean, these are some of my faves. Not to mention T.S. Madison, too. She she brought it this year. So I hope y'all enjoyed all the festivities with Halloween, okay? Even if it meant you scrolling through social media enjoying what everybody else was enjoying, because truthfully, that was my jam. Now, last week, you heard me report about Sakia Gunn. Well, on Friday, family, I actually had the opportunity to talk with her cousin, Valencia, who was there that tragic night. Yeah, she shared with me what happened, how her life has been for the last 20 years, and why the street naming moment was so significant to her. Now, if you want to hear this interview, you got to join the Q crew. That's right. The Q crew is our queer news community where you receive a weekly email of top queer news stories and unedited video from me about those stories and even some things about my life. <laughs> and now I'm going to start rolling out exclusive interviews too. It's really my way of saying thank you because the Q crew helps us supplement the cost of this pod, hosting, editing, marketing, PR, travel, chow, all of it, okay? So if you believe in the work we do, if you believe LGBTQ stories need to be amplified, and if you love and respect how I report on the news and tell our stories, join the Q crew. Come on. You can join for as little as $5 a month. A link is in the show notes. Now for the news. It turns out there were six Black trans folks murdered in October, and I only reported on three. And so this week, we will recognize the other three Black trans folks whose stories were underreported and really made invisible. We will speak their names today. In politics, after another vote, George Santos is still a member of the House of Representatives. An Illinois high school fights back, and now the LGBTQ-themed musical The Prom is back on. Jonathan Van Ness, one of my faves from Queer Eye, okay, calls out Dax Shepard for cutting significant parts of their interview out. And I attended a dope Chicago Black queer history event, and I want to tell you about it. Let's go. I'm Darren. And I'm Esther. And this is Second Sunday, a podcast about Black queer folk finding, keeping, and sometimes losing faith. This season's full of candid conversations. We're talking to theologians, artists, activists, and community members living at the intersections of faith, spirituality, and identity. The saints ain't ready for this. But we're still going to talk about it. Second Sunday starts October 4th. Find it wherever you get podcasts. 
Second Sunday is a Cube original podcast and is part of the PRX Big Questions Project. You are now tuned in to higher frequencies. We do this frequently. Turn your radio station to E3 for that decency. Listen to great music and the latest movement. Safe listening for anyone that's tuned in. Who you waking up to? Anna Deshaun, Q Crew and Friends. It's that real talk. All live radio with the spins. You caught up in traffic, frustrated. Just check in with E3 to shift your vibrations and get elevated. That's queer radio done right. Choose to be yourself. That's the only way to live life. And that's how it's done here. Family, I want to give a content warning about this next story and these really these sets of stories because you may not want to take it in today. And I get that. And so feel free to take the next couple of seconds to just fast forward through this first story and then just pick up with us on the next one, okay? I'll give you a couple seconds. Now, last week, family, I reported on three black trans women who have been murdered in the last two weeks. Anae Roberson, London Price, and Lisa Love. We speak your names today. But when I was researching stories for this week's episode, I found out there were actually three more black trans folks murdered in October. So a six in total, according to the reports, okay? And I just feel like it's incredibly necessary. Like, this is why I'm doing this podcast is because these are the stories that deserve to be amplified. We need to know what's going on in our communities. We need to know why people don't feel safe. And this is why. So we will speak their names today. And also recognizing that November 20th is Trans Day of Remembrance. It's a day set aside to remember those who have been murdered, who have lost their lives because of who they are. First, we will remember Skyla Harrison, Skylar was a 30-year-old Black trans woman who was found in a Washington, D.C. park. The police are saying it was an overdose, but her family firmly believes that is not the case. They believe, based upon how her body was found, that it was actually a hate crime. Skylar's aunt says that she was a beautiful beacon of life. She could have been in the darkest room and shined it bright. Skylar Harrison, we speak your name today. China Long, we speak your name today. She was a 30-year-old Black trans woman. She was a choreographer. She was loved by her family and her community. She was killed in Milwaukee on October the 8th, and they have found who they believe took her life. China's family says that once she became who she wanted to be, she lived in that every day. They say that the person who took her life stole their joy. Our hearts go out to China's family. In China, long we speak your name today. The third person that I learned about while preparing for this week's episode is Dominic Dupree. They were a 25-year-old gender non-conforming entrepreneur here in Chicago. And what blows my mind, y'all, is that I have not heard about this case until I was doing research for this pod. And even last week, I didn't see a story about Dominic Dupree. After doing my own research here, I found that they were misgendered. Their dead name was being used across the Internet with their family, which I find not to be an uncommon thing. Dominic was shot and killed while sitting in their car. 
This investigation is currently ongoing and my heart goes out to their family. Dominique Dupree, we speak your name today. I also want to give an update about Anae Roberson that I talked about last week. I found that she actually has a GoFundMe now. Her family and friends started one to help with her funeral expenses. I've put it in the show notes in case you have a few dollars and you want to support. In political news, George Santos is in the headlines again, this time because he survived another vote that would have expelled him from the House of Representatives. Now, I know y'all remember George Santos. He got elected as a Republican out of New York. He does identify as gay, but it came out that he lied about pretty much everything. Everything on his resume, he lied about things he said he did, he never did. And so back in May, the Democrats called for him to be expelled from the House, but the Republicans kept him in. Now the Republicans are calling for the vote to expel him, and now they can't get the votes done. And specifically, it is his Republican colleagues from New York that want to see him gone. But do you know why? Of course you know why. It's because they want to be reelected. And they can't be reelected if it's over their head that they supported George Santos. Well, now they don't have the votes. Democrats and Republicans alike voted against expelling George Santos from the House because they believe that George Santos deserves for this investigation to be finalized before they determine whether or not they expel him. When I hear this, I just feel like they would get rid of somebody else for far less. Okay? Currently, George Santos is facing 23 charges in federal court. And his trial has been scheduled for September of next year. Of course, he has pleaded not guilty to those charges. And so this saga lives on. This is a good time for us to take a quick break. When we get back, I got some culture and entertainment news for you. Stay close. Hello, the world. We are They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I'm Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we are sisters that want to tell you about lesser-known murders. Our cases are always compelling, maybe even a little scary, with just enough banter to keep it interesting. You can find us at theywillkill.com. Or anywhere you listen to podcasts. See you there. See ya. Family, welcome back to the show. In culture news, I want to start with a feel-good story because I think we can never get enough of feel-good queer stories, okay? This one's coming out of Illinois, my home state. There's a high school here called Hampshire High School, and they were looking to put on the production of The Prom, a musical. Now, are you familiar with this musical? If not, I can help you, okay? It's a contemporary musical about a high school girl in Indiana who isn't allowed to take her girlfriend to her high school prom. Now, it's a feel-good story. It's a story that's been told. It's a very popular musical. Well, Chile, you know what happened, right? The school district got involved. Don't we love it when the school district gets involved? And they said, you cannot put on this musical because the school isn't ready. The community isn't ready. No one is ready to hear this type of story. Well, the students disagreed. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that they fought back and they had community behind them, okay? They started a petition. This petition got over 5,000 signatures of support, saying not only was the community ready, the students were ready, the school was ready, and we want to see this musical happen. 
well after 5,000 signatures, and now a safety plan put into place, the musical is back on. The superintendent, Susan Harkin, said that after an outpouring of support from students and our school community, the district has reconsidered the initial decision. I'm so glad they reconsidered the decision. I'm so glad they decided to be solution-oriented, which in this case meant putting together a safety plan. Now, this plan safeguards against a wide variety of potential issues, says Harkin. Issues such as potential harassment, bullying, violence targeting of LGBTQ students, performers, staff, and community members. So as part of this plan, members of the community could report information about threats to students and staff members, safety, to the Safe School tip line on the district's website. I'm not mad at the precautions, you know? But I don't think we should ever fold under them. Mm-hmm. Safety is so incredibly important. And it's an easy way to get out of doing something that's hard. But I think if we're solutions-oriented, we can find ways to support LGBTQ students and our art and keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, y'all. Y'all did it. 5,000 signatures? Let's go. In entertainment news today, I want to share this story about Jonathan Van Ness. We know Jonathan from Queer Eye. They are definitely one of my favorite personalities, okay? They just bring all of themselves. They show up covering all the ground they stand on, and I love it every single time, okay? And when they get out of Jonathan's chair, their hair be looking good. Mm-hmm. Jonathan hooks it up. <laughs> and recently, they appeared on Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, okay? Which I think is really dope because Dak's audience is not hearing about trans rights or reading stories. They're often probably getting a lot of the propaganda, okay? And so... Jonathan being on this show could probably really raise a lot of awareness around trans rights, trans issues, and what's going on with our siblings, all right? But Jonathan came out and said a significant, significant portions of that podcast were redacted, just edited out. Mm-hmm. This is after Jonathan asked for a transcript, asked to provide approval because they got so emotional during the interview, they wanted to see how it was going to be cut. Well, Jonathan says they never got the chance to provide that information. And at the end of the day, significant parts that they thought were important weren't even included. Mm-hmm. Now, Dax went on and actually offered an on-air apology to Jonathan and said, you must be disappointed in me. Which Jonathan responded and said, I'm not disappointed in you. I'm just emotionally exhausted. Mm-hmm. Now, I caught this news on Kiki Palmer's podcast. So if you want more of the tea, check out Jonathan Van Ness on Kiki Palmer's podcast because she spills it all, okay? It's that time, family, for me to end the podcast today with a word. You already know Anna's always got a word. Well, today I actually want to share a story. Sunday night, I got the opportunity to attend an event at Affinity Community Services. Affinity is a nonprofit organization who's been serving the Black LGBTQ community here in Chicago for about 26, 27 years. And they have a specific focus on Black lesbians. And it was a place where I found home. It was a place where I learned how to be a leader. It is a place that cultivated who I am today 
I served as a volunteer. I served on the board. I served as board president for many years. Affinity has my heart. And so when I saw this event, I had to go. I couldn't stay the whole time, but I wanted to make part of it because the event was a celebration, a 30th anniversary celebration of the ad hoc committee of proud black lesbians and gays who marched in the Bud Billiken Parade. For context, okay, the Bud Billiken Parade is the longest running black parade in the country. It is also the largest black parade in the country. And it happens at the beginning of the school year every single year. It is a staple in the black community. And 30 years ago, a group of people said, we want to march in that. As black, gays, and lesbians who live on the south side of Chicago where this parade takes place, we deserve a space. We deserve to be seen. People need to know that we are here. Well, the story goes that they applied. They applied to March. And you know what happened? Their application got denied. And you already know why. So what they decided to do was apply again, but take out the fact that they said that they were gay and lesbian. And let's see what happens. Well, you know what happened, right? That application was approved. And they decided to march. But March, as Chicago's Black, gays, and lesbians, okay? They had they sign, okay? They talk about getting the cheers and people representing and people being proud to see them march. That was a significant moment in Chicago Black LGBTQ history because it was a catalyst for organizations to be created, for associations to be created, for a movement to spark here in the city. This moment, this moment did that. And so they held this event this evening it was so beautiful. It was intergenerational. I caught the panel. There were young folks talking with the elders, the elders talking with the young folks about respectability politics, what that meant 30 years ago, how that showed itself. Also giving a shout out to my homie Irma Ashara, who mentioned that we have to give grace around respectability politics because it was necessary in order to survive 30 years ago, even if we decide not to subscribe to it today. I love that. I love that because we must respect the fight that was because we were not here 30 years ago. And I'm so grateful that they fought because they didn't know what Anna Deshaun was going to come around and need a space like Affinity. But I did and I still do. And there's young people who don't know Affinity exists yet, who are trying to find themselves and who will need an Affinity to be, to thrive, not just be surviving. So it did my spirit so good to see the space full on a Sunday evening to celebrate this amazing moment. I hope that it was recorded so that you all can hear it and I can share it. And I wanna say thank you to the organizers for putting it on because it was just so beautiful to be in the space again. And I wanna end with a couple of words for you, okay? I got a story and two words. There's a lot today, okay? There's a lot this week for you. But first, I wanna honor one of my sheroes, Miss Donna Rose, who Without her doing the work she did, I wouldn't be doing the work I'm doing. And she said, each one, reach one, teach one. I love that reminder, okay? Our responsibility. Each one, reach one, teach one. So I want you to remember that, okay? And then I had the opportunity to talk with Aisha Davis Esquire, board president of Affinity Community Services, as to why this event was so important to her, especially as we think about organizing for the future and ensuring the changes of the past are not undone. Hear what she had to say. Till next week, family. Peace. This event is important because 
we can't really go for it without remembering where we've been. And it's been really clearly stated by every person on this panel that the work doesn't progress if we're all not coming together. And so an event like this helps us to really see how Affinity started, how we got in the Bud Billiken Parade, not as Affinity, but as a group of Black, gay, and lesbian folks. And listening to the young people in the room, we're learning about how we can continue to fight for things and make sure that we don't rely on the tools of yesterday to get us the wins of tomorrow because it just won't work that way. If you enjoyed what you heard, rate and review us inside your favorite podcasting app. This podcast is written and produced by me, Anna Deshawn. Podcast editing by Experience J of Just Listen Media and brought to you by E3 Radio, your number one queer radio station playing queer music and reporting on queer news in high rotation. 